Good morning, folks. Welcome to this week's last edition of the Morning Glory Sessions. Friday again. We're ready. We're nearly three, a third of the way through this year already, 2021, and we're a third of the way through in two weeks. That's insane. So today I want to talk about the great outdoors. Why? Because tomorrow I'm going camping with my friend and Gail, and we're going to go away for a night and just chill out in the in nature where we're meant to be. And for me, this is something that we as a, as a human species should be doing more of. Good morning, Chris. How you doing, buddy? The, the main, if you look at society today, look at look at the way we're, especially this last 14 months, for the vast majority of time, we have been locked up inside the four walls of maybe, let us say, for half an hour because our illustrious leaders have granted us the permission to leave and walk five kilometers from our own doors because, you know, they're, we're just, they're just dead on. But look at the level of depression and anxiety and stress that living the life we've been living has put upon so many of us. Especially in our children now. If you if you know me, my partner Gail, she's a hippie, right? And I love her for it. She's crazy, but I love her for it because, to be honest, because she's she's so out there with what societal society classifies as normal. She actually makes me question what I do, and through questioning what I do, I then change my opinions, and changing my opinions helps me become a better person. Gail is massive into outdoors. She's massive into connection. She's massively into energy and frequency and vibration. And the reality is the world we live in today, the concrete jungle we accept as normality, as home, is not the, the environment that humans, the human species should be living in on a daily basis. The reality is we are part of nature. We're as much a part of nature as the Amazigomit. We're as part of nature as the gazelles and the lions and the deer in the forest and the plants and the, we are all part of this ecosystem but we seem to think that we are above that ecosystem and we seem to think we know better than nature and because we know better nature we have structured our lives in a way that we believe is better that the marketing systems the mainstream media that the papers and everything have pre presented to us and promoted to us that and we start we start to become we start to believe that this is how life should be this is how we should live our lives and that we, we always seem to want to achieve the latest objects, the latest gadgets. We always want to achieve more money, like get a bigger house, bigger car. And we're always chasing, we're always chasing happiness. But we don't realize that happiness is actually found on our doorstep. Happiness is found in that 10 miles trudge through the marshlands. We are not we are not enjoying it and it's miserable because life can be miserable. But then you get the campsite and you, you slide a fire and the heat of the fire starts warming your body and warming you right to the bones. And then you, you cook some food in that fire and the food tastes amazing. And then you get in this sleep bag and you're, you're talking to your mates around the campfire and you're basically doing the tribal things that we used to do, our, our ancestors used to do on a daily basis. Our ancestors, I'm watching Vikings right now, I get the, the series Vikings. And I'm actually jealous of the camaraderie. I'm jealous of the community they have. We have lost our sense of community. We've lost our sense of being. And then, like I said this before, the book Lost Connections is one of the most powerful books you'll ever listen to. Cormac, how are you doing, buddy? Um, it's, it's a level read, sorry, I listen to my books um, on Audible. But it's one of the most powerful books you'll ever read. And it talks about how we as a species are outside of our comfort zones, um, what outside of, our, of what we need to be in to feel human. 
And there's just one, there's just one uh, episode or one chapter that, that talks about this woman who studied the bonobos. Now, the bonobo is uh, an ape-like creature, okay? It's like a chimpanzee-like creature. And she studied them in the zoo. Her dad was a zoologist and she lived in the zoos, basically. And she noticed that, and then she went away, sorry, then she went to the Congo and she was the first woman ever to be allowed to travel to the Congo and she spent, like, I think, eight months in the Congo on her own studying bonobos in the wild. And what she said, the comparison she realised was, in captivity, and well, like all like all species, there's a hierarchy in in pack animals, and they're and, and they're no different. There, so there was the the alpha male, and they were all the way down. And she said the lowest the lowest member of the on, on the ladder, the lowest rung, it was it was shunned by by its tribe, but it still had a sense of belonging. And though it wasn't happy, and she could notice it wasn't happy, she noticed that it still. It still relied on the tribe. It still felt like a sense of belonging in the tribe. But in, in captivity, when they were put into an artificial environment, they noticed that the, the bonobos became actively depressed. They would rock back and forth. Sort of like you've seen those Romanian children. Remember when Ceausescu was taken out and the, the kids rocking because they were self-isolated? Um, and they were ignored. And this is this is what's happened in human beings. Um, except we don't recognize it. We're we're too we're too focused on making money, we're too focused on paying bills, we're too focused on, on the internet, on TV, on what the news wants us to focus on, that we don't actually realize that we're depressed and we're down and we're not living the human life because we are being advertised to and marketed to that the life we want to live is this life here. It's not the actual natural life we live. And I'm sure a lot of you go out camping yourselves and have experienced it. Like I'm a camper van freak. I bought a camper van about three years ago, four years ago. And for a year I lived in it. I actually, I, I was living in a flat over in North Belfast and I work in Lisburn. And it was just, too, it was costing me too much money and too much time to travel home at nine o'clock at night, travel at 20 minutes there to get back, climb in the bed and get back up at half five to travel 20 minutes back over. It was costing me a fortune and it was wasting my time. So I had a bed there, so I decided to sleep in the camper van. And then I lived in the camper van, I drove about in the camper van and I, it was just basically unbelievable life. I love the, camp, the camper van life and I really love camping. I love getting out in nature. And one, and, and one thing I've noticed recently is, on Instagram, the Moor Mountains seems to be the most popular place in Northern Ireland at the moment. And it's great to see. Yes, there's some fools going up there and not respecting the mountains, not respecting nature. But the fact, Andrew, how's it going, man? I haven't seen in a long time, but Hazard. But the fact that there's so many people getting in tune with nature again is great to see. We're starting to realize, and a lot of people are starting to recognize the benefits of connecting with nature again. And it's something that we need to instill in our children. Uh, because look at look at what's happening to our kids. They've been isolated from their friends. They're now stuck on the TV, on the, on the internet screens, and the, their their Xboxes and their iPads. And because they're doing this, we're seeing a noticeable difference on our children's attitudes, and we're seeing a noticeable level of depression and anxiety that children at seven, eight, nine, ten should not be experiencing. Kids need to be outside, rolling, rolling about in fields, and playing and making games and and making up games that just don't make sense, but that's what you do as a child. But they're being deprived of that. So what way are we conditioning our children to accept for their, their future? You know, the more te technology makes life easier, but this belief that life should be easy is is fake. We're, the, we're living in a part of society, in a time in society, where like life is as easy as it's ever been. Physically, mentally, it's probably the toughest we've ever been. Because we're we've conditioned ourselves to not understand 
what struggle is, to not understand how to um, how to face adversity head on and overcome it. We as soon as something, as soon as a challenge has faced us, we back away from it and we make excuses, and then we go on to Facebook and we we make a wee comment about something that's going to get us lots of likes, which will reassure us and make us feel better. Like I'm not the only one, but the reality is. You're always going to be that person. You're always going to be that card. And just call, admit it to yourself. You're a card for life. Life scares you. And you've, you've been conditioned so much to not um, not face that adversity head on that you, you've, you have, you've lost the skill set to, to overcome this stuff. And now you've got to ask yourself, well, if you're a parent and your children are going to do, the children are watching you. They're, they're like fucking, they're worse than that social credit system in China, fuck's sake, they will just watch you continually and they're not going to say what you do, ask, they're not going to ask you or not going to do what you ask, they're going to do what you do. So if they see, and I'm a nightmare for this, I admit this, um, if you're on your phone all the time, guess what your kids are going to be doing? They're going to be looking at the hero, they're going to be looking at you, the dad, and they're going to be going, well, if my dad's in this, this is what I want to do. If you're a fat, over oversized mess who doesn't exercise, eats Chinese, eats pizza all the time, guess what you're conditioning your children to be? And then when you actually say to your kids, come on, we'll go out for a walk. Huh? Huh? Walk? Huh? Fuck? Daddy, we're nearly there yet. Daddy, finished. It's like, it saddens me to see children complain and cry so much about exercise, about challenges, about facing that hill, facing that mountain, because they, their legs are sore and they're tired. Children should not be fucking tired. Children should. I actually, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. Um, my daughter's safe. She got, was bought a, a Fitbit and it fucking killed me. And she became obsessed, obsessed with sending me a photograph. She lives with her mum and she was sending me photographs every night of how many steps she took. She's seven years old. I actually spoke to her day. She said, I want you to get rid of that. You don't need, that's I, I crazy. I said, dear sweetheart, it's brilliant that you're walking 14,000 steps every day. But you've done that for a month now and you now know that you're going to walk 14,000 steps every day. And you know what? You're seven years old. You should be walking 14,000 steps every day. But you don't need to know you're walking 14,000 steps every day. All you need to know is, are you having fun? Are you playing games? Are you running about with your friends? Are you doing what you want to do to make you to have an enjoying life and enjoy your life? So she's got rid of it, thank God. But this, this introduction to technology children are getting from a young age, it's preventing them from discovering what it's like to be a human being. And... You know, you think about it, it's sad. Think about our childhood. I'm 43. Most of the guys watch me are right about my age. Think about our childhoods. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have... The, I went to a place called Mullachmore in County Sligo every single summer. And my summers were spent on the beach, walking up the sand dunes with my granddad and the rear of the dog, and fishing. And then when it was raining, we played fucking Snakes and Ladders, Yahtzee, and we played fucking Mastermind and all these wee games. There was no, because there was no internet, there was no focus on it, but we, we, we were allowed to be children. We played in the rain. When you came into the caravan, you were kicked straight back out, get outside and play. Now we're actively encouraging our children to stay inside and we're going like, well, okay, if you play for half an hour, we'll let you go on the computer for half an hour. What the fuck are we doing to our children? Right, now let's think about this as a generational thing because we're, we're focused so much on, you know, our children that we don't think about Generational down the line. What foundation are you laying today that's going to affect your your children's outlook in life tomorrow? And then let's put them as the, the 43-year-old adults. What are they going to do? And how much, how far technology is going to move on that's going to influence their children? So what are your grandchildren going to be like? And let's go one step further. We're going to be dead by this stage. 
But what about your great-grandchildren and this generation? So you're laying the foundations of your family's legacy right now. And you need to understand that. You need to own that. You need to accept that. And there's nothing stopping each and every one of you from getting your asses outside and walking down the lagging, walking in a field, walking in a forest, driving to a beach and letting the kids play on the beach. Because I'll tell you one thing, as much as kids complain, the minute you put them in an environment where they're allowed to express themselves and become that child, that that inner child that we all still hold us, they you will find them playing games, you will find them running the birds, you will find them enjoying themselves, you will find they completely forget about the internet. As long as they're allowed to explore and express themselves as the way humans should do, especially as children, and develop themselves, then you're you're going to find your kids are going to be a much happier child and they're going to have much happier children. Good man, Chris, that's exactly what you should be doing. Nature, nature is the greatest thing. I challenge anyone who, is, who does not do much walking to drive the car to somewhere like Davis Mountain or the Mourne Mountains or Hillsborough Forest Park or wherever forest or wherever park or beach is near you and just spend some time immersed in nature. And what you're going to find is you're going to you're going to become your your energy levels will change you're going to vibrate at a different frequency you're going to feel better and you will start feeling more in tune with nature and this may sound like some hippie shit but it's a reality just because you don't believe it or just because you don't understand it does not make it any less true we are not better than nature we cannot conquer nature we seem to think that we're walking about in this this world that we control, but we've been shown that we don't control it at any moment. Do you remember Iceland volcano a few years ago? Shut us down. Now, there, there's the earthquakes, there's fucking tsunamis, there's volcanoes. Each and every one of those things, motherfuckers, could kill us at any point. We need to understand that we do not have the control that we believe we have and that we are not in control of our environment, that we are part of the environment. That, and that's the most crucial part. We are part and parcel of our environments. And like I said yesterday, we're going to die one day. One day, all of every single one of us watching this, every single one of us, you see, every single person you see on this planet is going to be dead and is going to be forgotten. And let's hope we all live to 80, 90, 100 years old. It's not going to happen to all of us, but for a lot of us, we may live that long time. On your deathbed, are you going to be, are you going to look back in your life and, and really celebrate that time you spent on a Saturday night? drinking beer and playing Call of Duty for 10 hours? Are you going to remember those times? Or are you going to think back to the times you had with your children where you played with them, you influenced them, you had that connection? It's always connection that we come back to. When when we're on our deathbed, people always focus on the regrets, always talk about the regrets they did and the things they didn't do in life. Not the time they spent on the Xbox, not the time they spent working, not the time they done all that. It's about the memories. And we are not, we are no longer creating any memories with our families. We're no longer creating memories of friends. We're just so focused on the day-to-day monotony that we forget outside there, outside these four walls, outside this concrete jungle we live in called cities, there is a whole world to be explored. So that's my AB rant today. Um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to tomorrow to connect with nature. We're going with Mate Martin, he's a fucking crazy, I call him the crazy Russian, and we're going to be fucking cooking our food by digging a hole and making a fire pit, and we're going to be navigating, we're going to be using um, compasses, and we're going to be fucking just using all the things nature gives us, because that is what I love, I love immersing myself in nature, and I promise you folks, if you don't do it, the minute you start immersing yourself in nature, is the minute you will start living life again, so have a good weekend, and I'll see you next week.